Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, you can find me at scoutfantasysports.com here for the next hour. Big show today. We're going to have a couple of the top high-stakes players from the Fantasy Football World Championship on the show. Chad Schroeder, who is one of the best players around. You see him at the leaderboard on just about every high-stakes league. He is going to join us at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. And Dave Strand, he will join us at 7.40 p.m. Eastern. And coming up in about seven minutes, I'm also going to be joined by Scott Engel from Roto Experts to talk about Laura Michaels, who unfortunately passed away this morning. So rest in peace to him. Condolences to the family. He was a pioneer in the fantasy sports industry. So Scott will come on. He knew him pretty well, and we'll talk about him for a little bit as well and remember the great times that we had with him. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Got the risers and fallers for this week. An article up there as we get set for championship week. Dr. Roto takes a look at Waiver Wire Wednesday and Week 16 Stardom article is also up, as well as the projections from Sean Childs. You can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Also, check out ScoutDFS.com. We got you covered for NHL, NFL, and NBA. And once again, uh, Yahoo with a lot of overlay tonight, not only for the NFL as they did last week and this upcoming week for the NBA as well. So I see that it did not completely fill And maybe you're not familiar with the Yahoo site. Well, we have an optimizer that can help you out because the pricing structure is a little bit different compared to DraftKings and FanDuel where the salary cap is $100. So it might be a little bit different. Uh, We can help you out. We got the optimizer where you can see the values and load up and get some studs. And there was a ton of value tonight uh, in the NBA, 12-game slate. So check out scoutdfs.com. Sign up now. Check it out for yourself and win that money as well as vegaswhispers.com for all of your sports betting needs. Let's take a look at some of the top stories circulating around the NFL right now as we get set for a big Week 16 championship week. Critical decisions to be made this week, and we want to make sure you make the right one. So again, head over to scoutfantasysports.com, hop on the message boards and the forums, and ask those questions, and we'll help you out and lead you to that championship and the money. James Conner said he's still not ready to return. And I think the thought was that he could be back this week, but he didn't do much at practice today. So it looks like he could be out another week. So that's going to be good news for you, uh, those that have Jalen Samuels and have been relying on him, especially in the Yahoo format where he has eligibility at tight end. Obviously going up against the Saints this week, and that defense has played very well. So it's not the easiest matchup, but Jalen Samuels has been getting it done, especially in the passing game for PPR formats. Keenan Allen returned to a limited practice today, so it looks like he is going to play this weekend. 
Uh, we'll know for sure, obviously. Uh, tomorrow will give us a better picture because remember that game is Saturday with the Chargers and the Ravens. And the Ravens are definitely a tough matchup for wide receivers, but Keenan Allen is the type of guy that is matchup-proof. Got injured last week, left the game early, almost made a uh, spectacular grab. But if Keenan Allen is in there, you will play him in your fantasy championship week. Todd Gurley did not practice today, but Sean McVay said he expects Gurley to play this week. He also mentioned, though, that they didn't want to risk him missing the playoffs. So it's really something to keep an eye on this week. Not a lock that Gurley goes. They obviously brought in C.J. Anderson. I think that was for more depth and veteran presence because as we get Malcolm Brown is out for the year and uh, John Kelly is a rookie that does not have much experience. I think he would be the guy, though, that I want if somehow uh, we did not see uh, Gurley this week. Justin Davis also uh, in the mix as well. But I think it would be John Kelly would be the guy that I would add just to have his insurance on the bench in case we see Gurley not go. It's a great matchup here this week against the Cardinals. Spencer Ware was limited at practice today, so that means he's probably going to be back this week, and that makes it a headache there in that Chiefs backfield. You're probably going to look at the two split. First, got to see if Ware does play. Obviously, Damian Williams coming off a great performance last week. They're on the road going up against the Seahawks, but the Seahawks defense has not been great this year. It's not the defense that we once feared, and the Chiefs, I think, will definitely be able to put up points for sure. So uh, you're going to want some investment in this Kansas City backfield. So you're going to have to wait. It's kind of tough to answer those questions right now regarding the Kansas City running backs because we just don't know what's going to happen. Again, uh, where it looks like you know he's on track to play being back at practice today, but it's not a lock that he will be in there. So I think you're going to have to wait a couple of days. And the good thing is this week there is no Thursday night football. Not a surprise here. Cam Newton will not play the final two weeks of this season. Uh, the Panthers just collapsed here down the stretch. They were once 6-2 and two to start the year. But it was clear. I mean, we've talked about it for a couple weeks now. I mentioned the stock watch last week that Cam Newton was not healthy. He did not look the same. And the numbers finally caught up to him. Uh, he tried to battle through it, but clearly something was not right with his shoulder. You could see it, the ball was not coming out of his hand well, and this was not the Cam Newton that we saw earlier in the year that had a high floor every week. I mean, this is a guy the last two weeks who did not throw one passing touchdown against the Browns and the Saints. He wasn't running as much either. I mean, look at the last three weeks, 33, 23, and 15 yards. So the carries were also going down. You know, this was a guy that you could count on from 8 to 12 carries per game. And it wasn't happening over the last few weeks. I remember there was a play, third and one, and a shotgun. That's a play usually you line Cam Newton up over center, and he just gets the first down. And uh, obviously they didn't call that play. So they knew something clearly was wrong with Cam Newton, and uh, he will be shut down. Tyler Heineke will come in there and start this week. The point spread already reflected. The Panthers had opened up as a three-point favorite. They are now three-and-a-half-point underdogs. So if you hopped on that early, could pay dividends at the end of the week. Aaron Rodgers dealing with a groin injury. He said he's going to play this week against the Jets. Talked about how it's about leadership and how he can't say the games don't matter if he's not out there. So Rodgers will be in there. Look, it's a pretty good matchup here against the Jets, but Rodgers has not played ball this year, and he is dealing with an injury. He has some injuries at the wide receiver core. Randall Cobb is not practicing, dealing with a concussion. He has not been on the same page with some of his young wide receivers. He had Valdez Scantling open last week and missed him. 
and uh, Equinamia St. Brown hasn't produced, but, you know, it is a pretty good matchup. And with some of these other quarterbacks having tougher matchups, and now with Cam Newton uh, going out, you know, Rodgers moves up just a little bit. Austin Eckler still not practicing. He's dealing with a neck injury. The good thing is he's not listed with a concussion anymore, so he's still dealing with that stinger, and obviously that will uh, determine uh, what happens with Justin Jackson. Joining me now, though, it is Scott Engel from Roto Experts. Scott, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Adam? Uh, you know, thanks for having me. Very sad day in the, the fantasy industry, but uh, you know, I appreciate you know the privilege to uh, talk about a good friend of mine. Yeah, definitely. I know you knew Laura Michaels very well. I did not know him as well. I did meet him several times, had conversations with him. He was a fun guy. But what do you remember most about Laura? I think I remember most about lawyers just like, you know, the fantasy industry, you know, let, let's be honest that, you know, we're such a big industry. You always meet somebody, one person along the way you don't, you don't like, like, you know, you don't like Corey Parson, you know, so. For sure. Yeah, but, uh, you know, lawyer was the one that everybody in the business liked and, you know, just such a really genuinely good guy and a really a legend in the industry. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's in the fantasy sports writers Hall of Fame, but yeah, uh, at some point I'm sure he's gonna get in, and I think we're all looking forward to that. Uh, me and Laura went way back. Uh, back in my days at CBS Sportsline, like very early in the late '90s, he was recommended to me as a baseball writer, and he became one of my first regular baseball writers. And Laura and I didn't meet in person for years, but that's the wonderful thing about the fantasy industry, the internet, etc. Keeping in touch with people is that you don't even meet somebody in person you feel like you know them. And we, when I finally met him, it was just a huge hug because you know we had known each other you know on the internet for so many years. And lawyer, you know, Lenny Mellick will tell you the origin better than I have. Back in those days, in the late nineties, uh, you know the independent sites really ruled over you know the sites that you have today, like ESPN. You know, uh, Sportsline USA and Yahoo, they were all behind the independent sites. And Lawyer had one of the first uh, independent sites uh, with creative sports. He founded it with Todd Zoll and Jason Gray, among others. And uh, he went on to found Tout Wars. And, you know, just one of the best baseball minds. But people liked him more for the person that he was. Uh, very genuine to everybody. Really into rock and roll, which we, uh, which we shared. And... Uh, it's unfortunate because uh, him, Peter Kreutzer, and Gene McCaffrey uh, were called the Rock Remnants. There's actually a site called the Rock Remnants because they banded together along with Steve Moyer too, uh, based on the fact that they both love rock and roll and base and fantasy baseball, and they lost half of the Rock Remnants, you know, this year because Lawyer passed and so did Steve Moyer. But that's quite a rock band, you know, that they're going to be creating up in the sky soon. So. Uh, you know, I think the thing I remember most about Lawyer is he's just, I hardly ever saw the guy angry, and just nobody ever said a bad word about him. What did he mean, and what did he do for, for the fantasy industry? He, like I said, you know, he was, he was one of the first ones, you know, to start one of those independent sites with creative sports and, uh, you know, really draw attention to fantasy baseball, and then founding Tout Wars, you know, with the other guys like Chandler and Erickson. You know, fantasy football is so much po- so much popular, but in the fantasy industry, Tout Wars is known as the fantasy league of all of them. And 
Moira was the one that started that, you know, that helped govern that, and, you know, really set the standards for what a fantasy expert league should be like and what everybody's trying to match in football nowadays. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of tributes and people speaking out on social media today with nothing but positive things. And I think one of the things that stood out was his joy for life and his ability to make new people in the industry that he just met feel comfortable. And, you know, not everyone does that. Yeah, not, not everybody does that. It's like sometimes, you know, new guys will approach people in the industry and, uh, you know, some guys in the industry will be like, Ah, uh, you know, it's just like uh, somebody else approached me. But, you know, even Pat Mayo was telling a really nice story today on uh, social media about how he first met Laura. And you, you always want to be welcoming to new people in the industry and help them out. And I, I think that's why Laura is eventually going to have a Hall of Fame pedigree. You know, that's, how long? A big deal. that's a big reason how you get into the Fantasy Hall of Fame, uh, because you reach back and you help others. How long did you know him, and you know how much did you help him? Did he help you? Uh, I knew him uh, probably since 1997. Uh, you know, we helped each other a lot. He helped me because he was my first regular fantasy baseball writer at Sportsline USA that was a stringer. And, uh, you know, he helped me a lot in that. And, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just being a friend, um, you know, career-wise. You know, we always tried to help each other out if he could. You know, he definitely was instrumental in getting me that one. Uh, you know, him and Jeff Erickson. And, uh, you know, just somebody great to see. It's not, it, it's how wars, you know, is, is very fraternal among us. And it's not going to be the same without him. Uh, you know, my son got to produce his show for a little while this past year. It was very sad to hear of his passing. It's just, everybody who's encountered Laura at some point. You know, just has nothing but wonderful things to say about him. And, you know, when people pass, it's like people will say all the right things, but when you talk about Laura, it's true. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it, when this happens, you also have to kind of appreciate life and appreciate the people while they're around. And unfortunately, it takes an event like this sometimes for people to open their eyes. And, you know, we don't praise each other enough when we're around, and we kind of do this, unfortunately, when a tragic event happens. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we sometimes take things for granted and then, you know, we get jolted out of our seat, you know, by unfortunate things like this. But, you know, there's a lot of people in the industry that passed in the last few years. Kevin Austin from my fantasy league, you know, I, I still, some people still feel that loss. You know, Steve Moyer was incredible loss uh, this past year. And, you know, to lose Moyer Michaels in, in the same year, that's, that's just really a uh, you know, devastating blow to all of us who are involved in Cowboys and have been involved in the industry. But uh, I think Lenny Melnick said on the Fantasy Football Frenzy today very well, he said, you know, people only pe truly pass on when you forget them. And I don't think anybody is ever going to forget Laura Michaels, you know, the dead master and, uh, you know, the true rock and roller of the fantasy industry. Well, Scott, I appreciate you for coming on. I know you took some time out of your busy schedule and we're both in the GST final, uh, different leagues, and uh, both of us trying to repeat this week. So good luck this weekend. Yeah, good luck to you too. It's uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's. I think it's a testament to your ability that you got back there again. This is like one of those most competitive leagues, not just fans, it's high stakes players, experts. So it's it's an achievement, and uh, 
as you well know, it's not easy just to get to the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Oh, no, it's not. So you have to enjoy it whenever you can get there, and hopefully uh, we can close it out this weekend. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, you know, best of luck to you. All right, you too, man. Thanks a lot. That is Scott Angle. Catch him at, at rotoexperts.com as we remember the life of Laura Michaels, who unfortunately passed away this morning. And uh, like I said, I did not know him very well, but interviewed him on shows. Whenever I saw him in person, we always spoke, whether it was usually Tout Wars, sometimes the FSTA. I don't go to as many FSTA events. I always go to the ones in New York. Uh, but I did see him around every year at Tout Wars. I'm always at Tout Wars because it is in New York City. I'm usually broadcasting uh, the Tout Wars that I'm in is the Mixed League Draft. So we always do that online. But I always attend the event in person uh, to see people in the industry. And it was always good to talk to Laura. And uh, again, condolences to his family, all his friends. It definitely was a tough day. And you could see all the people on social media with their tributes today, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, great positive things to say. Joe Sheehan wrote a very good piece about him. I had retweeted it. I saw Scott Pianowski from Yahoo Sports posted. So you'll see all of the tributes around. And that's the thing, as Scott Engel mentioned, we will not forget him. He will live on in our memories forever. But we have a lot on the show as we're going to talk to some big-time high-stakes players. Chad Schroeder, he's on the leaderboard everywhere. He's actually number one in the Fantasy Football World Championship League now. We'll talk to him next right here to Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis from ScoutFantasySports.com here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out ScoutFantasySports.com right now. Ask your questions on the message boards and the forums for those important Week 16 championship questions. I have a Stockwatch article up looking at risers and fallers up the rankings for the week. Dr. Roto has his waiver wire Wednesday. And the Week 16 stardom article as well. Joining me now, one of the best fantasy football players around and he has all the money and the top finishes to back it up it is chad schroeder he's among the leaderboards everywhere and he is currently number one in the fantasy football world championship heading into the final week with a 16.03 lead with hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line chad thanks for joining me tonight no problem my pleasure uh so you play in so many leagues man i don't know how you do it and you are always near the top, you know, what is key to your success? I mean, everybody has different things that work for them. Well, what has enabled you to be near the top of the leaderboard year in, year out? Well, I have a better chance because I have more teams than everybody else. So, um, I, you know, and then obviously uh, when you get into these three-week shootouts, um, you know, hopefully I have quite a few different, teams that you never you never know who's going to get hot or get hurt or whatnot so um i was fortunate enough to get quite a few into the overall races this year and and uh 
luckily some of them have found their way near the top. So it's going to take one really lucky week this week to close any of these out, though. How many leagues did you participate in this year? You know, I didn't even ever count them up, but I I think that is ridiculous, like around 240 or so, I'm guessing. I have no idea what the waiver wire days are like for you. I mean, how do you I'm not it? a I'm not a pleasant human being to be around <laughs> on when when Wednesday comes to an end. Uh Wednesdays are not fun. Well, how do you do it? Do you have someone assist you? Do you have a program? Because that, that's a lot. I mean, there's people who do 10 to 15, and it's a headache. And now you multiply that by, like, 20. I mean, how do you get that done? Um, I don't have any help, really. Um, I do have um, a friend or two that will, if I know I'm running behind schedule, I can uh, have them do some of the smaller teams. But for the most part, I do them all myself and spend about, four minutes on each team and get them all done. So when you have this many teams, how do you approach them? Do you like to spread around the ownership and and diversify a little bit? I mean, what if you really have a strong feeling on on a lot of players? Do you make sure you you get them on a lot of team? How do you kind of spread it out and diversify when you have that many teams? Um, Yeah, absolutely. I try to diversify. Um, I, what I do, I don't have a draft list that is my own personal rankings. I have a, I update my sheet every day during the draft season, and um, it's basically I use an ADP list to draft off of. And, you know, just when I'm drafting, then certain guys that I don't like would have to fall farther, you know. But I try to generally take the, the highest guy on those sheets left that I'm neutral or, or high on. And the bigger the dollar amount, the more I'll use my own opinions a little bit. Looking at your team that is number one right now in the Fantasy Football World Championship, you did something pretty interesting here. Is And we know, for those not familiar with the high-stakes leagues, the waiver wire closes after week 13. So oftentimes, you know, a lot of people will go in there with two quarterbacks, two kickers, two defense, obviously, in, in case there's an injury. But on this team... Uh, especially at the quarterback position. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a guy I think pretty much you're starting every week anyway, regardless of the matchup, and he's kind of shown that. Uh, but how? what made you decide, you know what, I'm going to go into this with no backup quarterback? Um, oddly, this isn't something I do often. It, it, I did this on out of all my teams that were in overalls. I, I, I do it with kicker most of the time, but quarterbacks, I did this on this team, and – one other team that's in an overall uh, Tom Brady team. Um, at the FFWC, when you start 11 players, and um, there was some concerns, you know, the last night of free agency, Kareem Hunt had that news break, so I didn't know if I was going to have him. Um, and Melvin Gordon, you know, some issues there. So I just thought that I need – I thought I was probably in trouble if Mahomes got hurt during a game anyway. I was going to have a small score out of him, and I thought I needed an extra player to have 11 bodies to put in the lineup. Yeah, it turns out you were right on that, too. I mean, have you – you've been around a while, and we always kind of live in the moment, and it feels like this – you know, we say these things. But the last couple weeks, with the scoring being down compared to what it was earlier in the year and all the things that have happened with a lot of stud players going down, do you remember – 
a fantasy football playoffs like the one we've experienced so far in the first two weeks? I really don't. Um, not not to this extreme, um, especially last week, just the scores from, you know, a little bit was injuries for people like Aaron Jones, but then you just had bad performances by a lot of great players. And it, it just – it allows for crappy teams like mine that's leading to stay up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, there are some holes, but I think a lot of people are in a similar situation. I mean – you know, in one of my leagues, I look at it and I look at the lineups that people are putting out there, and these are top four teams in the league, and I'm like, my goodness, this is pretty bad. So I think it's just a, a situation that everyone's dealing with, especially with the waiver wire closed. So I think that's just the way it is. But yeah, I mean, when you were forced to start a guy like Kenny Stills last week, I mean, that kind of speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and I'm probably going to have to again. <laughs> I don't, uh, my team just doesn't, it's, my teams usually have a little uh, deeper look to them than this one. Um, so I'm just going to have to get pretty lucky. So we'll see what happens. What do you do with a guy like Damian Williams this week? Let's assume Spencer Ware comes back. How do you think Kansas City deals with that running back uh, backfield this week uh, against Seattle? I think it'll be, uh, my guess would be fairly close to a 50 50 split. Um, I, uh, on this particular team, I probably don't have much of a choice. I'll probably just have to play with Damian Williams, either no matter what. But um, I would guess it'll be some sort of a split. But you know, like I've heard you say uh, on air this week, we just don't know enough yet. To, it's not worth time speculating until about Friday. Doesn't seem like. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a Thursday night game this week, so that'll help it out. Even though we do have uh, two Saturday games. Talking to Chad Schroeder, who has three teams in the top 20 in the Fantasy Football World Championship. So do you feel better about maybe one of the teams behind? Now, you got the team in 11th that's 43.8 behind the team that you have at number one. Uh, is that team in better shape? Does it have enough to potentially move up into the top five? Um, it's definitely – I definitely like uh, some teams, those other teams better. But, uh, again, you just start – happen to pass a lot of teams and they're all pretty good um there's not many holes in these teams that are up in the top 10 um other than my team that's leading so i i don't know it, it what i do know is that it's what 42 back i about four years ago in this very contest i had a 43 point lead i believe going into the last week and i found a way to blow it so i know that and with starting 11 players, um, teams can come from quite a ways off the pack. What is this weekend going to be like for you? I know you have a, a lot of teams across the board with a lot of money on the line. So how do you handle this weekend watching football? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll have all the leaderboards pulled up and I'll have a, my big cash league um, that I'm in the finals in pulled up and, you know, it'll kind of, hopefully it, uh, I get some clarification on what needs to happen fairly early in the day. Um, but we'll just have to see. I mean, it's going to be tricky because I have uh, guys on some teams that I don't need to do well in other contests, as you'd expect. So I'll probably just try to enjoy it and hopefully – Things are looking decent somewhere going into the late afternoon games and then go from there. 
So do you sit there and, and watch the live scoring? Some people, they don't even want to watch it. They just kind of wait. Do you sit there and, and watch as things happen, move up the leaderboard? Is that something you do? Because some people don't like doing that. I'm addicted. I have to watch it. I, I, it was no, I, much, no matter I, how much uh, I hold back, I watch it. I can't help it. And then, you know, it's inevitable. Um, if I'm not and I'm doing well, somebody I'll get several texts or whatnot from people. So it doesn't. There's no way to not know anyways unless I go without my phone, too. So um, I'll be keeping an eye on it. Who are some of the, the key players that you hit on this year that maybe others didn't value as much that have been key in your success this year? Um, that's a good question. I think, I think for the most part it's uh, more about who I didn't take um, than guys that necessarily propelled me. Like a year ago, I could have said Todd Gurley was a huge key for me, but I can't really pinpoint um, a player like that. But I I know that I well Christian McCaffrey I guess would qualify, um, but he's not for some reason he's not on uh, very many of my teams that are up high on on most of these contests. So it's kind of strange, but I have him a ton. Um, but I don't uh, – that's about the only guy, but I did avoid, like, Dalvin Cook and um, didn't draft a lot of Le'Veon Bell. I had James Conner a ton. That's another huge one. So um, James Conner, he was probably my most owned player. But, you know, I also had a lot of misses, like Marquise Goodwin a lot and Hogan. So – just more about, I think I did a good job on the waiver wire this year and always had a viable starting lineup in most of the leagues. And through the buys and injuries, I was able to just sort of wear down a lot of the competition and make it into the playoffs. And then now getting a little lucky with some of these. So. Talking to Chad Schroeder, one of the top high-stakes players around. He is number one currently in the Fantasy Football World Championship heading into the final week. Uh, you mentioned the waiver wire, and you know we always hear people talking about their drafts, and we all know it. when we look at our team at the end of the year, it's a lot different more often than not than the team we drafted, whether it's injuries or players underperforming. But how much of your success do you place on the waiver wire? How integral is it to have a championship team? Uh, it's extremely important. I mean, if you just look at my team that's uh, leading the FFWC right now, I mean, you'd see that I have Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon, and those guys did a lot to get me to the point where I made the playoffs. But had I not grabbed Justin Jackson, had I not grabbed Damian Williams on week 13, uh, I wouldn't be up there. So, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in in, uh, that Friday waiver wire. I think I work about as hard as anybody. A lot of people just sort of, skim through that day on those. Um, I try to make sure that my teams are in as good a shape as possible, and there's absolutely nothing left behind that should be rostered. So That's a great point, and I think people listening who are, are new to the high-stakes game, I think that's an excellent point you made because I do think that is the case. You could just look at the transaction log and look at Friday. I know I've picked up a couple players in there that I snuck in, and not only that, you get them at a much cheaper price. Right, yeah. Uh, looking at your tight ends, uh, you know, tight ends has been a position this year that has just crushed people. 
You have George Kittle on this team. Uh, when you look at most of your teams at tight end, did you take an elite one early? Was it you know guys like Kittle in the mid range, and uh, you know on the successful teams, you know what did you do at tight end? Um, I, I didn't take tight ends too early, very very often, other than uh, one of the competitor contests where there's a premium on the tight ends. I did a little bit more there, but I took a lot of uh, you know. Trey Burton is probably my most owned tight end. That was kind of a bust. Um, I did where I did draft like Zach Ertz. Um, it was after that first Thursday night game where he laid kind of a dud, so I was able to get him at a couple round discount. So I did acquire him uh, after the game in drafts, not too much before, and I'm glad I did because those teams ended up very good. So, um, but mostly. Uh, it's the Burton, Jack Doyle, Kittle. Those were the guys I was drafting for the most part. Talking to Chad Schroeder, one of the best fantasy football players in the world. Just check out all the high-stakes leagues, and you see him all over the leaders in the message board. He's currently number one in the fantasy football world championship headed into the final week. And you went into this one with one defense. That's the Titans. I'm pretty sure you looked at their schedule because I know I have them in one of my important leagues. I picked them up like weeks ago. I saw the final schedule. I said, yeah, this looks pretty good. Is that what you did? You just looked at weeks 14 through 16. And you said, you know what? I'm going to play them every week. They're, they're the great, uh, they got great matchups those weeks. Yeah. And, and the FFWC, the defenses start being eliminated from the pool, like wake 11 or something. So it was about that time where I kind of looked over the defenses in each league and, they were kind of the defense that was sitting there that had a great schedule and actually is a pretty good defense. Um, so I ended up with them a lot for this playoff run. You know, a lot of people at the beginning of the season look at playoff schedules and sometimes draft accordingly. Is that something you do, or do you think things change too much in the NFL to really focus in on weeks 14 through 16 in August? I... Uh, I'm not going to knock those that do because some, some great players, you know, Nelson Sousa and people like Dave Hubbard, those guys do it extensively. Um, I just prefer not to. i got enough things to worry about. Um, and then, then you look at what's going on at the end anyways, and, you know, <laughs> it's like just get me in there and then anything can happen. And You see my garbage team leading the FFWC. I mean, it's just a crapshoot when you get to the race. So just get, I just do what I try to need to do to get in there and not worry about that. So you, you don't sound too confident in this team holding off. I mean, <laughs> right. If, you, if I could just play one team that's in the top 10 and I would like my 15 point lead, but um, when there's that many coming at me and they're all better than mine, it's going to be tough. I'm going to have to get, catch some breaks for sure. Well, I mean, you've done a good job. You have a lot of teams near the top, and uh, I definitely appreciate you taking the time and uh, wish you good luck this weekend. I know it's going to be a stressful weekend, uh, and hopefully all your hard work pays off this weekend. All right, appreciate it. Again, that is Chad Schroeder. He is one of the top high-stakes players around. He's near the leaderboards all the time. I mean, just look at the overall right now in the Fantasy Football World Championships. He's number one. He's number 10. Uh, number 11 and number 19. Also in the online league, he has some teams as well. And by the way, our very own Dr. Roto is number one in the online championship heading into the final week. He has a lead of 4.43, so you know he's going to be stressful. We'll talk to him 
on Friday when he joins the show. And uh, Chad is number nine in the online league as well. So a lot of success. That's a guy you want to listen to, and I'm glad he joined the show. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk to Dave Strand. He's also near the top in the uh, World Championship. We'll talk to him right here at Scout Fantasy Sports. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. have the Fantasy Football Stockwatch article up looking at risers and fallers up and down the rankings for Week 16. Week 16 stardom article, Dr. Roto's Waiver Wire Wednesday. And, of course, the projections for Week 16. If you have any specific questions, don't forget. Ask them on the message boards and forums and check out scoutdfs.com to win money. If you are not playing this week, hopefully many of you are playing this week. And if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on eSports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game action. There are so many ways you can make money. Go to BetDSI and enter the promo code FNTSY100 when signing up to get a 100% bonus deposit match. That's promo code FNTSY100, BetDSI, where players get paid. Speaking of getting paid, my next guest, David Strand, hopes to get paid this weekend. He is currently number five in the Fantasy Football World Championship, 29.36 behind Chad Schroeder, who we just had on. David, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you, Adam. How are you? Doing well, man. Uh, you look to be uh, in an exciting spot this weekend. So uh, how long have you been playing in the Fantasy Football World Championships in the high-stakes leagues? Uh, high-stakes, I started in 2012, kind of during the reboot. Uh, it did catch my eye there in the late aughts, like 2008 and nine. Uh, I started playing in some of the uh, satellite WCOF leagues, but... but uh, 2012 is uh, was a good entry point for me, and uh, you know I don't have near the volume as as some of my peers, but it certainly is uh, the highlight of my year to to get involved in these. And how have you done in the past? I mean, is this uh, you know the closest you've come? Obviously, it's very difficult to get 
this close to the top heading into the final week? You know, what about your success in the past? Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to look at my efficiency, you know, versus uh, some of the other competitors. You know, last year we did finish third in the exact same competition. Um, certainly one of my favorite teams that I've ever assembled. Um, and we got hits from 2015. We finished 13th in this competition. In 2014, we finished 18th. And even the first year getting started, we finished 27th. So it seems that uh, December rolls around and my teams are peaking. Well, you obviously know what you're doing. So what have been some of the keys to your success? You know, a lot of people will play this. They know fantasy football. They know the game. But obviously, the people that consistently finish near the top, they have something going for them. They have something figured out. So what has helped you be in position to be in the top 20 in this contest consistently? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I think uh, the first couple of years, it was uh, a, certainly a learning process and identifying kind of the model of a lineup that works best in this format. And, um, you know, right now it's, it's attack and get those five receivers. And every single draft that I go into uh, with FFWC and because of the 11 starters, uh, I have found it to be the best path to success. If you can find five guys who are consistent and explosive, uh, you're going to have an edge over everybody else. So, you know, that is the, the general strategy year to year. Um, 2016 was an absolute bomb for the whole zero RB concept. Uh, but I think overall, um, you know, that is the approach and it has been uh, very successful for us over the years. As you look at your team, that's currently number five heading into the weekend. How is it shaping up? We've had so many injuries to some of the top players over the last few weeks. I mean, you saw it last week. The scores were way down. You actually had you know, one of the better scores of the week, you know, 168.35. Not a lot of people even got close to that with uh, the, the situations last week. So what has kind of worked well on your team to lead you to this point? Well, I'll be I'll be the first to admit that I'm I'm winning the the war of attrition. Uh, dodged all the bullets from Hunt and Connor and Odell and Gordon and Sanders. Uh, this team is uh, very healthy, and that's probably the main reason it's up there. Uh, but I also do try to shape my teams in a in a long perspective, and it's very interesting. Weeks like last week. You know, I feel as though the NFL this year has been out of control with just general statistical production. And last week felt like a good old-fashioned, old-school NFL week. A lot of defenses playing well. And when that happens, I, it's just a feeling, but it seems like my teams do hold up a little bit better. And last week was a great example. Really, both of my teams kept it average. And everybody else fell off. No, that's definitely the case. Talking to David Strand, one of the top high-stakes players in the Fantasy Football World Championship this year. He has a team that is number five overall heading into the week, final week, 29.36 out of first. You have another team that is in 14th place, 47.74 out of first. So good consistency there for you. Uh, on the team that's number five, You know who have been some of the key players that have led you to this point? Well, you know, being in the one spot, that obviously gave us an edge right out of the gate. And when I say us, I do want to make mention of 
of my sounding boards, Joe Lynott and Ryan Severe. Uh, these guys certainly help us move forward. Um, but this team, you know, I think it really has been the acquisition of Phil Lindsay and then Tyler Boyd late in that draft. Uh, both of those guys, I think, scream is the, you know, the top low end, often not drafted players. And having them coupled with, um, you know, draft picks of guys that I usually don't do, like Alshon Jeffrey and Marlon Mack are guys who are, I, I don't really catch my eye. This team just turned out to, to have enough depth. And again, it comes around to this time of the year, and I've gotten incredibly lucky with with the health uh, and being able to have options uh, with my 11 starters, which if I look through the leaderboard, uh, a lot of guys are, are stuck with uh, very interesting starting lineups. That is for sure. I mean, we just talked to Chad and we looked at his team number one and not too many options there. Uh, he's been able to survive so far. You mentioned Philip Lindsay. Is that someone you said you drafted or you picked up off the waiver wire? We did, we did acquire him uh, week one. Uh, so in the waiver wire, we spent 377 on him. Um, you know, he did catch the eye during the preseason. I'm a Broncos season ticket holder. Uh, I was not drawn to Royce Freeman. And I've been surprised, actually, at how effective Royce is as just a, kind of a real NFL back. But in the back of my mind, after seeing that week one game, uh, I knew that I needed to go uh, pay a bit for Lindsay. I didn't want to go overboard and kind of hit just the right number to be competitive with the uh, bid dollars the rest of the year, and, and he's been giant. Yeah, I, I think he is the waiver wire pickup of the year uh, because, number one, also, as you mentioned, you got him after week one, so you've had him for 15 weeks, and he's been really good. Now, he has slowed down a little bit the last two weeks. Do you think that – has anything to do with the absence of Emmanuel Sanders? Has it just been tough matchups? Because he has slowed down here a little bit the last two weeks, although he has a great matchup against the Raiders on Monday night. Oh, yeah, it's it's the former. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is playing at the peak of his ability, and I think a lot of teams uh, would just gear for him, and it, it really allowed Phillip to, to have a, a different kind of front to run against. Um, so I do think the last two weeks, yeah, I, I don't look at uh, a lot of play data, but I'm sure that he's been facing more in the box than he has throughout the year. Um, you know, with that said, yeah, there's always the hope with, with my Oakland Raiders that, that Phillip can blow up again this week. So obviously uh, we're looking forward to that. And was Tyler Boyd also a guy you picked up off the waiver wire? Because he's probably right there in the conversation as well as one of the pickups of the year. Right. I was drafting him. I, we did okay. draft him here. I think it was probably the 17th or 18th round. I'd have to bring up the board. Uh, but right towards the, the beginning of the season, I, I mean, I was all over Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, last year and the year before. Just uh, the sight, the way the guy is on the field. And last year is still a mystery as to what went on between between he and Marvin. And uh, there was enough not bad news to just go ahead and start acquiring him. Obviously, if, if I knew he was going to do this, we would have been drafting him higher. But that certainly has worked out, and he, he kind of saved uh, interesting decisions we made by taking Jarvis Landry at 3-1 on this team because um, you have to have that wide receiver depth again that we target. So, I'm joined by David Strand, one of the top 
high-stakes players in the Fantasy Football World Championship, currently as a team number five and number 14 heading into the final week. You mentioned Alshon Jeffrey as a guy you have that you know you really weren't keying in on. Obviously, he had the injury to begin the year. Was this just a case of, wow, he's fallen too far and there's too much value here? Is that what happened in the Alshon Jeffrey situation? You got it. Yeah, I think 8-12. And uh, at that point, you know, I won't pass up on him. So uh, there's there's too much talent there. And, of course, with, with Carson going to play at some point in the season, um, yeah, I think that is a, a great example of – of adjustments I've made through the years. Cause I would not have added a player like that before, uh, just on a, a weird negative bias, but I've learned my lesson and, you know, it's been helpful here and there. And I didn't start him last week, but, uh, yeah, with the, the whole attrition thing, he may plug in there this week. We'll see. And I think that's a great point you bring up. Cause I always try to bring this up when talking we all can learn, and that's the key is to learn each year to get better as a player, learn from your mistakes, what you did wrong, and uh, you see it right there, result for you. you. You did something that you weren't accustomed to, you made an adjustment, and look where it's put you in right now in the, in the position you're in. You got it. Uh, how about Marlon Mack? What was the situation with him where uh, I think he was hurt too right at the beginning of the year. Didn't he have the hamstring injury? Was it before the draft? Or did he get hurt in week one? I, I, yeah. No, it, yeah, it was. And it was, it was lingering and it's a, it's the same, same bucket as, as all Sean. It was, uh, I was surprised to see him as, as far down as he was. And yeah, I was hot and cold on him last year. I, I thought when he had his chances, um, yeah, he, he definitely carries that boom bust. And that's been obvious with his uh, production this year. Uh, it, that is who he is. So, uh, you know, the last, time he went boom boom in back-to-back weeks and i i think that's the big hope this week and the chance at home um we should be able to capitalize on that you know you mentioned that you have some good depth and while others have been struggling to kind of field 11 good players do you have any difficult decisions this week when you're setting a lineup you don't have to tell me like what you're going to do obviously with the strategy involved but you know when you look at your team is there anything that is a pressing question or you're pretty much set with your lineup? You know, with, with the team that's in fifth, uh, I feel good, especially with how the matchups have fallen. Uh, aside from the girly situation, uh, you oh, know, yeah, he doesn't go. Girly, we, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be in a pickle. If, if girly doesn't go, uh, we really only have one option and that would be Tyler Higby. So not a good situation. Um, you know, we can start some other running backs that play in the morning. Um, so right now that's the only one that's gnawing on me and I probably shouldn't spend any time on it or energy until we actually have to make a decision. What is your gut telling you? Do you think Todd Gurley plays? Sean McVay today said he was going to play, but he didn't practice. Yeah, I, my gut tells me that, uh, he'll get, he'll get some action and, you know, the way the Cardinals play offense uh, Gurley will not need to play for most of that game. So I'm I'm really hoping for yeah, get get anywhere from 15 to 20 fantasy points, and that would be a win in this case because I anticipate he's going to get to rest. You mentioned uh, Lindsey as one of your top waiver wire pickups. Uh, who are some of the other guys that have played a big role in your team, or has it been mostly a team that you drafted? 
Yeah, traditionally, my my teams really live and die off the draft. So, uh, you know, this year, Lindsay is kind of an aberration for us. Uh, our drafting has been above average through the years. Um, you know, we did uh, tack on Elijah McGuire uh, down the line, but, uh, you know, drafting O.J. Howard was was giant considering where he was uh, positionally at tight end. And we really kind of mismanaged that down the stretch. So, um, yeah, I'd say our strength is is drafting and kind of setting things up. Um, and we have hits and major misses, I think, in that waiver area. So nothing really to add besides Lindsay this year. Do you prefer to draft early or closer to the season? Uh, well, it sure is fun to draft in March. <laughs> but uh, as time has gone on, I'm far more efficient when we're right up against the start of the season. I do have better teams for whatever reason. Uh, and it, it may have something to do with just uh, the variability of news that comes down and all of the changes that happen in those first couple of months leading in. So, um, yeah, the, the answer is definitely right up against the start of the season is, is when I like to draft. What's it going to be like for you watching the games this week and knowing that you are close to a six-figure payday? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the, the drama could get quite thick because, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a Bronco season ticket holder. I've got to be one of the few teams that has three Denver Broncos in a starting lineup. I've got 180 fantasy minutes, and the Broncos play on Monday night. So are you kidding me? Um, I think if, if I'm anywhere near shouting distance, it is going to be a very nerve wracking Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to admit I I will be very nervous, but happy at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I love fantasy football. I've been playing it since I was eight. So, uh, I just hope to, to be within range to make it, you know, the, the best it can be. David Strand, I appreciate the time and good luck to you this weekend. Thank you much, Adam. Take nope, care. No problem. You too. That is David Strand, one of the top high-stakes players in the FFWC. Currently as a team number five and number 14 in the Fantasy Football World Championship. Is He'll be watching his Broncos, hopefully leading him to a big payday this weekend. That wraps it up here. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll have more high-stakes players on as uh, Kimmer Schleicher will join me. We'll also talk some DFS with Steve Renner. And we'll also be joined by Pat Sorge, also a top high-stakes player in the Fantasy Football World Championship. In the meantime, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. See you Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern.